Welcome to Locarno Meets, where the most exciting new talent and established legends of cinema come to chat about art, life, movies, and everything in between. Brought to you by UBS and hosted by me, Alexander Miller, from Locarno Film Festival. Harmony Kareen is a skater, a painter, a cigar aficionado, a computer game designer, and one of the most important independent American directors of the last 30 years. In the 90s, almost overnight, he went from being a teenager drinking at skate parks to the generationally heralded screenwriter of Larry Clark's legendary kids. And then, just as quickly, he became a visionary and brilliant director in his own right. This year, Locarno Film Festival honored him with the Pardo d'Onore for a career that's produced six unique feature films, dozens of shorts, music videos, experimental work, and documentaries. So, as I understand it, you've just come back from the Grand Rex where you've been introducing Gummo. Does it feel weird to be showing a film like that at a fancy European festival? I don't know. I didn't even really think about it all that much. I mean, I guess it's good because I made it when I was a kid. So I guess it's uh, good. Yeah, it's almost like uh, going back to high school. Mm. Yeah. You're here to receive the Pardo d'Onore Manor, which I'm told translates to like global leopard. And to mark that, you're showing Spring Breakers and Gummo, right? Why did you choose those two? I don't know, really. I could have really chosen any of them. I think I probably just thought about it for like one second and like, I, I just thought like maybe those are a decent representation of like the time mm. of the distance in time between them. Spring Breakers is such a kind of uh, a slice of the cultural moment at that time. Um, like now that it's 10 years, which slightly blows my mind that it's been yeah. 10 years. Uh, yeah. uh, when you look back at the film now and the culture then of like, like ATL twins and yeah. like riffraff and stuff like that. Yeah. How, how does it, as it look to you today? I don't know. Like I, man, to be honest, I'm not really ever think about stuff like that. I, I guess it's like, it's probably a moment in time. It probably captured in some ways, like what was going on, you know, at that moment, I think it probably exists in that time, but I also th tried to make it in a way that like the structure of it, like the, the way it's edited and, I was kind of like trying to like explode the idea of time. Mm. So it's of the time, but really of no time. I get that. I mean, I suppose in some ways, like that's the thing with youth culture movies yeah. as well, is that they can be quite timeless Yeah, because everybody feels the same when they're that age. Yeah, that's true. That's actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with that. And Gummo as well. I mean, but I suppose yeah. the difference with Gummo is you actually were that age when you were making it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was that. That's why I said it's like mm. uh, high school. Well, that was my first like movie, I like feature that I directed. And then most of the people were my friends or people I'd grown up with and neighborhoods that I grew up in and around and casting people out of like Burger King parking lots and stuff. It was, it was, uh, yeah, it was much different, much different uh, energy then. Do you still know any of those kids? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I talk to a lot of, I mean, I, I'm still friends with a lot of them. Yeah. Some of them, you know, like the Black Dwarf, my friend, little Brian, he got run over by a car. I'm sorry. Yeah. I went to the funeral. It was pretty trippy. It was open casket. It was wild. I'm sorry. But I'd gone to school with him since like uh, grade school. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, one thing I thought that like actually does kind of bring Spring Breakers and Gummo together is, am I right in thinking that Salima Gomez 
did Spring Breakers because her mum liked Gummo so much? Yeah, that's actually true. Because I don't think she had, the Selena had seen any of my films up until that point, but her mom, I guess, had grown up with them. So, uh, yeah, her mom was like my age. That's really cool. Or even younger, maybe. Yeah. But I, but I also think there's something kind of specifically in tune with, with, with your movies in that the line between at that point, literal Disney princess yeah. and Gummo, maybe the exact opposite is, yeah. is so thin yeah. <laughs> American culture that, you know, th th there wasn't any line. They came together and worked together. Yeah. I remember it was like part of a kind of pop vernacular. It was like something that was like in the air at that time. I once kind of heard you saying about Spring Break is that um, you tried to kind of cut it like it was a pop song. So well, I was trying to make the stuff. movie. Yeah, I was like listening. I was like, I was trying to make the movie itself like a pop song with hooks and choruses and, you know, certain lyrics, but also like the repetition, the kind of, it was like a trance element to the the film. So I was like, um, like electronic music or, or, or even like pop. It was a kind of like, I think that I'd always been working on trying to get to a place where the movies are a kind of sensory, you know, experience where they work on you in, in a in a kind of sensory way. So music, I was thinking about music and like and specific rhythms more than film. That's why there's not really continuity or time or you know things go repeat and the kind of looping. So what's a chorus in Spring Breakers? Just uh, you know when you would, when people would I think like there are certain phrases that they would say that they would repeat to spring, spring break, break spring break forever you know there was kind of like these like hooks that we were playing with yeah in both these films you've um basically you've done quite a lot for like alternative halloween costumes for the last yeah. like, 25 yeah, years yeah, yeah, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. bunny boy in the balaclava oh, yeah, so. yeah 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 that's true like are these images that kind of so you're just like, oh shit, it actually would be really cool to have like gangsters in balaclavas and bikinis that are all neon. Yeah. Or are you like, oh no, I've written this story yeah. and then we we have a, we've got a creative question here we've got to solve. No, it always, um, everything always for me starts with just the image and never really starts with a story. I don't even really care that much. I care about story, but not really the plotting of things. Mm. Uh, it's kind of a distraction for me. So I really, it's focused on like, the imagery, the colors, like the power of the image, the movement, like the sound. So a lot of it will just start with something that's either like imagined or dreamt up or kind of, you know, or saying I've seen that. I was like, oh, if it's interesting, but what if it looked like this and that? And then that takes on like a larger, then I can be, oh, okay, this is a character. Where are they from? Blah, blah, blah. And then I kind of will create like a story around that. Do you think you'll keep on coming back to youth culture? as a, as like a inspiration point as it goes on and, and the gap between your age and their age increases? Uh, I don't know. I mean, last film, Beach Bum, was about like a, a middle-aged middle burn <laughs> burnout. Uh, the film that's coming up is something completely different, but like, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's like whatever feels electric in the culture, like whatever feels like it's popping. Well, you just did something in Travis Scott, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. How did that come about? Well, then there was the Circus Maximus thing that just came out, the, it was his live show. Mm. But, I just I did the Pompeii part. I don't know, just actually that was really fast. Just shot it a couple of weeks ago, and it was in the theaters like five days later. Uh, and then I have this new film that's about to premiere in uh, Venice called Agar Drift that he's in. So that's really like the the next phase of everything I've been working on, trying to get to for a while. Yeah, I mean, look, you mentioned Beach Bum. I think there's they're totally pretty different movies, and obviously someone like 
Donahue's character is very different from like Alien and Spring Breakers, but there is some kind of, um, I think you used the phrase American mystic, uh-huh. some kind of, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. cultural affinity between the two. Yeah. I don't know. Like when I was a kid, like I was obsessed with movies like, you know, Smokey and the Bandit or Every Which Way But Loose or Over the Edge, Porky's, Police Academy. Like those films, like they really like helped to create what I feel like was a kind of a, the a lost America kind of, and like something you see less of maybe, but it was just a part of what affected me when I was growing up. What is in that lost America? What is it? It's a more of like a feeling, honestly. Like if you look at that movie like Scarecrow or something like that, that's really like tapped into or, or straight time. Those films are like really like tapped into something mm. that's uh, beyond a kind of a simple like articulation. Okay. That kind of wildness to, yeah, you know. Yeah, Straight Time is one of the most, most stressful movies. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, does Miami give you that feeling? Yeah, yeah. I always feel like Miami is the most, is one of the most affecting places to watch on film because I'm I'm English, I've only yeah. been there like once, but yeah. I always feel like I can smell it whenever. Yeah, 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 that's it, true. Um, well, Florida in general, but like um, Florida and Miami, I guess, Miami's coast are like Latin America, but the state of Florida is pretty much like its own country. Yeah. It has its own vibration. It's very like like the ambience and like the tone, like the feel of it, like the the, the breeze, the palm trees, like the way the, the looks, the aesthetics. It's like pretty, it's like, a, it's very like, you know, strong. So I like lived there for, I don't know why I live there now, but I lived there for over a decade. Yeah, I loved it when there. It's a, I suppose this is just a classic American, but a good collision between, um, Grotesque wealth and real culture. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Miami is like really high and low culture, like smacked up. It's like the trap and the, and then like the, you know, the mansions and everything. And they're all constantly like playing off of one another, you know, trap house mansions, all like bam, bam, bam. People go from one to the other. It's really about flossing, like really like the glow up is hard in Miami. <laughs> <laughs> you worried it's going to sink? No, not at all. It's not sinking. Okay, That's good. just some straight trash. Okay, good. I'll stop worrying about it. No. Yeah. Um, can you imagine a world in which like a kid starting to make films now could have a career like yours? Or should we just be thinking about something different than traditional cinema? <laughs> yeah, I think like thinking different. I don't think like, I mean, I don't think about cinema traditionally. I don't actually don't even really think about it. That I don't, I don't really think it exists that much anymore. I don't think like... Uh, and I think probably as the years progress, it'll become like less and less like the dominant art form. I think it's just morphing into something completely new, mm. exciting, you know? What do you think that will look like? I mean, a lot of it is like games, gaming, gamification of things. Do you play? Uh, yeah. Computer games? Yeah, definitely. I, I'm like working, we're making them now. and That's sick. But that's like where, and a kind of like this idea of like singularity where it's like everything is starting to just become one mm. thing. It's like everything and nothing. Like there is no meaning. So it really frees you up. It's all kind of post meaning, right? So it's all just whether it's entertaining or not. You're going to make a gamma computer game? <laughs> uh, you know, I've seen like things online of that, <laughs> like people like messing around. It would be fun, but now I'm making like new, new things. Sick. Yeah. Is that like a new company you started? Mm-hmm. Or? EDGLRD. We're, we're going to about to launch it soon. Oh, cool. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, do you want to know something weird? 
I'm, I'm actually an exec producer on one of your films. Yeah. I didn't have very much to do with it, but I said yes to it on Legend of Cambo. Are you uh, serious? Yeah, I so. love that. That's like a, you know, I sent that to Terrence Malick the other day. Did he? Because uh, I was like, oh, did you see this? Cause he was, but um, man, wow, that's cool. Yeah. Cambo, what? Cambo is amazing. I still try to, I, I haven't like seen, I don't know what, I don't know um, what. This was going to be my question. Is he all right? I honestly don't I have no clue. I like looked him up a couple of times. I remember he was like, active on social media for a bit and then i haven't really heard i mean he was so raw he was like real the real real deal how'd you find him i mean i found him i was hanging this rapper named yellow wolf was when i lived in nashville he was hanging out with him and he had um what are they called uh like a muskrat in his hair <laughs> like he had the i was wearing a cowboy hat and then he pulled off and there was like <laughs> two or two or a raccoon i forget they were like these two like baby raccoons or muskrats and they were just there and i saw him beat up like two men like two guys that were tweaking on like meth yeah. wearing cowboy boots and cambo was like this little i mean he was probably like 20 at the time or something i was so impressed i was like uh i just hadn't seen anyone like that just walked around with like a holster gun and i guess he's like 30 now yeah that film's got one of my favorite last credits <laughs> it says two days later campbell shot himself in the arm at his 21st birthday that's true that's actually true yeah i think he accidentally discharged on blew, blew a hole through his arm yeah that's true that's one of the best that's cool that thing that was that was a wild night shooting that i remember i was like whoa he had that tannerade and he would just go he was blowing shit up did he realize that he'd become semi-famous? I think he knew. I mean, he lived in Alabama. You know, he like lived out in the, you know, was in the film. He lived out in the middle of nowhere. Didn't see anyone for a while, but like he, he knew he was hanging out with rappers and, you know, he was starting to like, you know, like become a kind of like legend. So <laughs> I think he probably knew. On a similar note, do you know what happened to the ATL twins? I do, you know, they also completely, I talk to them on the phone sometimes, but they, they actually make like really good art. Like they're painters, you know, like they're really great. Uh, interesting. I think they, they've got like a huge warehouse in Atlanta. They haven't, they just kind of for 10 years been painting. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You should do a joint <laughs> exhibition. I know. I know. It's true. Just quickly. Yeah. Is it true that you lost an entire film shot by Leonardo DiCaprio and David Blaine in a house fire, which just features you getting into fights uh, with strangers on the street? Yeah. I mean... The, yes, yeah, that's probably true. I mean, <laughs> probably. I mean, there's like a, it's like a little bit more like very, but yeah, I did like lose all that footage. And, and I'm uh, sorry, that sucks. No, no, I mean, I, again, I don't think that was, was a crazy time, but yeah, 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 that, that's probably true. mostly true. Yeah, mostly true. But mostly true. It was filmed by other people, but yeah. Okay, okay, fair enough, fair enough. What was it going to be called again? Fight Harm. I mean, I would have liked to have seen it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was, but it was pretty like, I don't, I could never do it, get close to being able to do that again yeah that's called age <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was rough cool well look thanks very much for joining us uh and enjoy your time showing your movies yeah, all right my man have a good one thanks again to harmony this has been lacano meets a podcast from lacano film festival brought to you by ubs if you enjoyed this conversation be sure to subscribe wherever you get your pods this has been a true anti-classic production hosted by me, Alexander Miller, and produced by Jack Foswell.